0: So you and I know this is a fallen world, and in your life, there are good days and there are bad days. In fact, some days are so bad that you would say they're evil days, right? So when I was a boy, it was a very good day when my whole family would travel south to North Carolina to be with my grandmother, my grandfather, my cousins, and we would have a blast. I mean, we'd run around on the farm and go out in the woods, and just it was so great. Those were good days whenever there we got to go down there. On the same time, I'll never forget a very, very bad day when my mom and my dad came home with my sister Pam from the doctor and a very lethal diagnosis had been confirmed. She had leukemia. And in that day, it was a death sentence. And within less than a year, she was gone. Or it was a very bad day when my dad received his diagnosis regarding his liver. And uh, there are evil days in this world. And when they come, what can you do? What can you say? How can you handle it? Now, what I'm about to say is you might think, oh, I didn't think he was going to say this. But this is what you've got to do. You've got to fight back. You can't just take it. You've got to fight back. Whether it's a good day and it's easy, or whether it's a bad day and it's hard and it feels like it's impossible. So look at Ephesians 6 as we go back to this very important passage and this very important letter. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13 especially, and then verse 13 in particular. Finally, my brothers and my sisters, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you, may be able, uh, that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. How can you deal with that? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. He repeats himself, doesn't he? That you may be able to withstand and in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And so in Ephesians 10 through 13, there are three commands. Verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then there's another one right there in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. And then it's repeated again in verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And you know, no one puts on his armor who doesn't intend to fight. You don't want all that heavy stuff on you, weighing you down, making you sweaty. And you certainly don't want to get into a battle where there's going to be blood and gore and death. But you put it on when you have to and you put it on to go to war. The only time you may put on some armor and not go to war is if you're going to a costume ball. How many of us go to those? I've never been invited to a costume ball, actually. So when I put on my armor, it's to fight. If I remember to put on my armor, do you even remember to put on your armor? And these are commands to put on our armor. They're not suggestions. This is not a let go and let God religion. Christianity is aggressive. It's militaristic. And I know we're not allowed to say things like that and talk like that, but it is. We're not to lay down and take it. We're to get up and we're to fight. And anybody who's been in lethal situations of life-dominating sins, you know that if you don't get up and fight, you will be destroyed. And lots of us know when we took it, we got knocked down. We didn't stand. So if, if nobody's going to say it, somebody has to say it, and I have to say it, put on the whole armor of God. Take on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you don't exercise your faith to be strong, you will be destroyed. Now, I don't think you'll lose your salvation, but, but why go that route? When God has said, be strong in my power, be strong in my might, it's here, it's available. So when he says, put on the whole armor of God, take on the whole armor of God, he's saying, I am with you, I am for you, I've given this to you so that you can fight and you can win. Victory is what God intends for you and for me. So you fight back, you take action. Over and over in the Bible again, you see this. And I think that in our day, with the different emphases in evangelical Christianity today and in our culture at large, we don't think this way. This isn't our go-to position. We've got to stick with the Bible. We've got to let the Bible tell us how to live, how to deal with sin and temptation and very bad, very evil days when they come because you won't escape this world without the bad ones. It just can't happen. It's not possible. So let's take a look. I want to equip you. I want to give you the scriptures for taking your stand and fighting and winning. The first one is 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, I'm going to have to take a 60 minute message and make it 15. Now, that's why I was crying. No, that wasn't why I was crying. But anyhow, I thought it sounded good. He's a liar. No, 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 no. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5.1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep sleep in the night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And you could actually say the word victory here. But to obtain victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Notice that. As believers, we live together in this fallen world with Him. When the bad news comes, He's with you, and you are with Him. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Or look at Romans chapter 13, a couple of my favorite passages of Scripture. Romans chapter 13. I'm giving you passages of Scripture for you to use in the battle, in whatever you're facing, in temptations, trials, tribulations, bad news, and even living for the Lord in the times when they are good. Romans 13, verse 12. Look at this. Great. I'm starting at verse 11. And do this. See the action here? The action that as believers, it's not let go, let God It's take action, put on the whole armor of God, fight the good fight of faith. So you see it again. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Take these verses, go back over these verses, use them for the fight that you and I are in. And I'm trusting and believing that you are aware that we are in a fight, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these powerful, spiritual, wicked, evil forces arrayed against us. And they mean business and they will destroy us if they have even a glimmer of a hope to do that. So in God's armor, you never fight alone. Putting on the whole armor of God is putting the power of God on. It's taking on the strength of God. It's saying, you're my God. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm not in this alone. And it's your plan for me to have me here, right here at this place, and to fight this good fight of faith, and to win and take the victory, because Jesus has already secured the victory when he died and rose again and ascended to heaven. So it's God's army, and so you never fight alone. And I want to show you a strange place for you to see this with your own eyes. Admittedly, it is strange, but look at it with me. Ezekiel 30. The Old Testament and Ezekiel 30. See if you can find that. And uh, open up to Ezekiel 30 and verses 24 to 26. Okay. Now, what's going on here is that God has decided he is going to defeat wicked Egypt. And here's what's strange about it. He's not going to use Israel. He's going to use wicked Babylon. Now, I don't don't want you to get confused, but I want you to see how God takes Babylon and enables Babylon to defeat Egypt. Now, look how how God does this, and that's the point here. Ezekiel 30, verses 24 to 26. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. Notice the arms are being strengthened. I will put my sword in his hand, but I will break Pharaoh's arms, and he will groan before him, before Babylon, with the groanings of a mortally wounded man. Thus I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down. They shall know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon and he stretches it out against the land of Egypt. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. You see the picture? When you take up the sword of the Lord, when you put on the armor... You're putting on God's power. You're putting on God's strength. You're saying, I believe you. I'm not going to lose. I'm, I'm going to fight, and I am going to win because you're strengthening me. You're clothing me with your power, your armor. That's what you're saying. That's what we're believing. It's a, it's, a, it's a faith that doesn't take it lying down. You know, sometimes people think of Christianity as we're a bunch of doormats. No, no, don't think that way. We fight the good fight. Uh, for example, at the end of Romans 12, it says, Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word overcome was very common to the Roman soldiers. It meant victory. It meant to conquer. That, they were good at that. Don't be overcome by evil. Don't resort to evil. Don't let evil tear you up and, and rip you apart and leave you lying there bleeding and dying. But you fight, and you overcome, and you take the victory with good over evil. Taking what God says and saying, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to stand for, and come at me, enemy, I'm going to stand with the whole armor of God. Sealed of faith, the sword of the Spirit, that's the idea. Here. And God puts that sword in your hand. God, as you take on the armor, he's putting it on you, and God will make that armor work for you and make you strong from within, because he dwells in our hearts by faith. Now, I want you to see a couple more examples. I I don't have a lot of time, obviously, but that's okay. Look at the second book of the Bible, Exodus 17. Exodus 17. Now, what's going on here is God has mightily delivered Israel out of Egypt, and they're on their way to the promised land. Now, there's about a million of them. Men, women, children, some are very old. And the weak ones and the vulnerable ones are slipping to the back of the convoy, the back of the march toward the pri- to the promised land. And Amalek says, we're going to kill these people, and we're going to take what they have and make it our own. So he takes his men of war, and he attacks the back end of the caravan in order to go after the weak and, and, the, and the vulnerable. It's a despicable sneak attack. Now, watch what happens here. Now, Israel was not intending to fight Amalek. They were looking to go through their territory peacefully because they were on their way to their own land. So look at Exodus 30. I'm sorry, 17. I'm, I'm stuck up in the other place. Exodus 17, verse 8. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Now, to know that they were that was a sneak attack, you'd have to look in Deuteronomy. So I'm just supplying that information to you. Verse 9, "'And Moses said to Joshua, "'Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. "'Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill "'with the rod of God in my hand.'" So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy so that They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The picture here is we're fighting the good fight of faith, and God is upholding us in that, that way that Moses was holding up the rod of God. But he needed help. And so God supplied a stone for him to sit on. And Aaron and her to help him hold up his arms. Because we're weak. But God supplies us with the strength. When you feel like, that's it. I only have so many seconds left before I collapse and I crash and I'm done. No, you won't. You will always have enough strength to fight and to win. He, you will never run out of strength. Because it's not your strength. It's his strength. Put on the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God. Put on the shield of faith. Carry it with you. The breastplate of right. And we're going to go through these different pieces of armor uh, as we get to that. But we need to see this. We're meant to stand. Um, There's other places where, where I could show you this. But here's one that is especially precious to us. It's Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And again, I would like for you to make a note of these, write them down, go back over them, because I know some of you are struggling, you're fighting. Uh, The reason why I know that is I am a human being too. And we human beings know about each other. And that's one of the reasons Jesus our Lord became a human being. He can sympathize with everything you're going through because He was a human being. He wasn't just God Almighty on the throne. He became like one of us without sin, but he came and he was tempted like we are as in all points. And he can be a priest that just knows what you're going through, feels what you're going through, identifies with you and will be there for you. But he's also a mighty warrior. And he says, here's the armor. Take it and put it on because you're putting me on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So take a look here at Luke 22. At the worst time, hour of Jesus' life, look at this, the worst hour of Jesus' life, Luke 22, verse 39, coming out from the Lord's Supper, he went to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, and his disciples followed him also. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was himself withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do not soften this. It really sounds like Jesus is trying to get out of his mission, doesn't it? Don't be too pious on me now. Father, if it is possible He is all by himself. He is the only one who knows what's going down. They're sleeping, his closest followers. They have no idea. They just celebrated the Passover. They didn't hear anything he said. He's all by himself, and he knows what's coming. And you and I see it. So he has this great struggle, this great battle to reach to the place where he says, that's it. That's the decision. I have made it. Father, I submit and I will go to the cross. That's what's going on here. This is a real battle. This is a real fight. That's why he's a high priest who can feel what you're feeling, because none of us have ever faced the wrath of God, the shame and the spitting. And you don't even know everything that was going on because in the unseen realms, the principalities and the powers and the wicked forces of evil, they were all after him. And so he's there and he's crying out to God. And he asked the Lord, Father, if it's possible, then look what happens in verse 43. An angel appeared to him from heaven, from God, strengthening him. Now you say he got up and he said, that's it, man, I'm ready. No, look. Look, you got to read the rest of it. And being in agony, the agony didn't go away. He prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. There was more agony, more intensity, more of that inner turmoil that began to burst the capillaries. And the blood began to flow out with his, with his sweat. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but there he is. And God the Father said, my son, I will send you an angel to strengthen you. Well, it's not just for Jesus, brothers and sisters. It's for you and for me. The angels are ministering spirits sent to help those of us who are inheriting salvation. That's Hebrews chapter 1. The angels are for us. There are many such examples throughout Scripture Look for them, find them, read your Bibles and look for them and find them and then remember them. Read biographies, read biographies of great Christian men and women. You'll find out their greatness was in the Lord. It wasn't in their IQs, it wasn't in their tough-mindedness, it wasn't in their skills and abilities and their preaching, it was their mighty God. They were yielded to the Mighty God and believed in Him and were used by Him. Stop watching TV and start reading biographies. And by the way, I have discovered that on Amazon this is not an advertisement on Amazon there are documentaries of some great Christians that you can look at. Now not all of them are of equal value, and some of them documentaries. So there's some skeptics behind them, but find the good ones. And you will be inspired, not just by what God did in and through them, but that God that did what he did in and through them is your God and my God. And there's nothing that's impossible with our God. So here's the point, going back to Ephesians 6.13. Here is the point. I don't want us to leave without reminding ourselves of the point. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You are not supposed to lose in this war. That may come as a shock to some of you, as a surprise to you. No, you are not supposed to lose in this war. This word stand is found in some form or another, three times in a mere two verses. Can you tell what he's trying to emphasize? Stand and fight. Stand and be strong. Don't give in. Don't let the enemy knock you over. Stand. This strongly implies the Bible, the word of God, inerrant, infallible, the words of the Holy Spirit, strongly implies victory in following our general's battle plan. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. That's our general. That's the battle plan. He sends us out. doesn't matter whether you're a great evangelist or just an ordinary old Christian living your life where you're living it. That's our general, and that's the battle plan. We're not supposed to lose. Victory is implied. Now, you all know Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through... Christ who strengthens me. I want to give you the Old Testament version of it, and it has the word day in it. So when you face the evil day, I want you to have another scripture for yourself. So Deuteronomy, going back to the Old Testament here, Deuteronomy chapter 33, fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 33, toward the end of this great book. Look at this. I knew that this verse was in the Bible, but in preparing and studying and reading scripture, somebody pointed this out to me, and I said, Oh, yeah, I remember hearing that verse. And that's what's good about getting together in Bible studies, preaching, teaching, talking to one another. There's a verse I've forgotten about, and you can bring it up to me, or vice versa. Or maybe a verse I never even noticed, and you say, Oh, you didn't know about that verse? You know, I got one on you there. <laughs> Deuteronomy 33, look at this. This is great. <clears throat> verse 25 Now it starts out a little bit uh, and we're in the middle of the we're we're not looking at the whole context but God here at the end of Deuteronomy is pronouncing his blessings upon each of the tribes and this is the tribe Asher so in verse 25 he says your sandals shall be iron and bronze now you know what that means you got a pair of sandals like that you're going wherever you want to go and your feet are never going to bleed never going to blister you're strong you're on your way Then look at this. As your days, so shall your strength be. Ponder it. As your days, so shall your strength be. God is promising you that however long that evil day lasts, a second and a third day, how many months now, how many years has it been, your strength, his strength will be imparted to you and how do we live our lives, brothers and sisters? By faith. Right? By faith. Did you forget that? By faith in what? By faith in Jesus. By faith, what, how do I know what Jesus tells me? He gives me his word. I believe what his word says. I don't believe my doubts. I don't believe my thoughts. I don't believe that world out there. I believe the word, the Bible. By faith in my Lord Jesus Christ, the king of kings, the general, the commander-in-chief of his armies. And we're in those armies And then one other very familiar encouragement, and we don't even have to turn there because you all know it. It's the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff shall comfort me. Well, a soldier has other weapons, but a shepherd has a rod and a staff. Those are weapons, and his weapons are mine. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may stand in the evil day and not be broken down and destroyed. So don't give in to sin or temptation or suffering. Easy for me to say, you're suffering and I'm not. No, he's the same God. You and I have the same flesh and blood. And when my turn comes, I'll need to hear this as well. So don't give in to sin, don't give in to temptation, don't give in to suffering or fear or anxiety or anger or lashing back at people. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand every day, but especially in the evil day. Amen. Father, help us. This is your word. And we are all too weak. Jesus, you said it. The flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We own it, Lord. We have to acknowledge it. Forgive us. But now, Lord, we've heard. You've given us some ammunition. You've provided for us the whole armor of God. Now we ask of you to help us to put it on. Help us to take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Lord, may we not fall, may we not give in, may we not uh, run the other way. But God, make us strong with with those sandals of iron and bronze. Oh God, we bless you and praise you. Thank you for these great words of encouragement and strengthening. And so we ask you now, in Jesus' name, enable us to put on the whole armor of God. For your glory, your honor, and our good as well. To our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen.